Yes, we want to see you in the Purple Rain indeed in Prince and the Revolution from 1984 and one of his greatest songs, Purple Rain, from the Purple Rain soundtrack. Welcome to episode 207, ladies and gentlemen. Tuesday night, February 18th, 2020, ladies and gentlemen. This is Wrestling Revisited, and I am your host, the Iceman, Jared D. and With me, as always, is the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, as we say good evening once again to the Human Suplex Machine and to you all out there here tonight in Talk Shoe. It's good to be here. Well, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to get into it here relatively shortly. Let's give you the number first, one 605 You can join us till 8 o'clock. We will have a lot to discuss, including our moment in time in just a few moments. But first, we're going to talk about last night's Monday Night Raw, which was a very interesting show, let's just say, in Washington State, including the beginning and the end and what was a, well, I wouldn't say strange show, but it was a little, uh, let's just say, unusual show, if you will. And, John, we had a lot of things that kind of were good, bad, and ugly last night. And it all started, of course, with a very interesting beginning, and it ended not so well as well. Your thoughts about what was a very interesting Monday Night Raw following what was a very interesting takeover in Portland, Oregon, Sunday night, last night in Washington State. was not a good show because of Vince McMahon's poor... Poor man's booking. Yes. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. And certainly a lot of people are still talking about what happened at the beginning of the show and at the tail end of the show. We also saw, of course, believe it or not, uh, two people who were set to be advertised for the show kind of go back on their word, at least on this night, however, due to a prior commitment. That's understandable. One of them probably did have uh, something to do with the prior commitment. The other one, we do not know if it was maybe a company thing, Howard, basically uh, promoting something or just basically taking the night off. But whatever the case may be, it was a very interesting night. And we will talk more about it on Revolution if Vince coming continue, up at 9 o'clock. I'm telling you, J.D., Vince continues to do stuff like this and, and more crap like this, guess where he's going. Yep, definitely. He is and definitely I got heading the sound He's definitely heading down the wrong way street, that's to say, folks. With Big Bubba. Yes. And right now... Well, we'll talk. He's coming yes. for you. Yes. He's well, we'll have a lot more. He's going to make you suffer for what you did to CM Punk and all the other. And after well, we'll that, ta- guess what yes. song you'll hear? Two. Yes. Well. Well, we'll have a lot more to discuss at 9 o'clock, however, minus that, however, ladies and gentlemen, of course, also tonight we understand Keith Lee, the North American champion, will be on well, WWE's backstage with Booker, Renee Young, and Mark Henry. Yes. 
But we'll definitely be talking more about this uh, as far as Revolution tonight, ladies and gentlemen, at 9 o'clock. John will have the birthdays and dates in GTS Network news headlines. For you. Thursday night, we'll have Wolfpack 138521Pound. Again, John will have the birthdays and dates, and John and I, or GTS and I, will have the news headlines for you. Friday night should be a very interesting night. The Sacramento Slugger, the Black Widow, Michelle Lindards, King Anna, we were to spend the rest of the panel will be there for Revolution 138521Pound. John will be off for the birthdays and dates, but GTS and I will be at the news desk for your headlines, so definitely check it out this week, folks. We are one week away from hitting 800 tonight will be episode i believe number 793 we are seven episodes away from believe it or not 800 which we will hit a week from friday ladies and gentlemen so you definitely want to stay tuned as far as that goes and as far as tomorrow night goes we'll let you know what's going on but before we get to that this monday on raw radio be sure to check it out 3 p.m john myself the heartbreak kid fonzie the rouse thinking now patel michelle gerard Anne marie rickenbach the empress uh the big iq jeff tears the jml experience of course uh ronda rush right ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen, we'll all be on, including Mr. WCW. We will talk about the Super Showdown that's coming up a week from Thursday. We will also talk about AEW Revolution coming up, of course, a week from Saturday. So, folks, it promises to be an exciting show this week. Plus, more talk about the XFL week number three. What will bring this week? We don't know yet. John's boys, of course, are heading out to Los Angeles for a big game with Los Angeles this week, this Sunday. That'll be a big test for them. And they also got a big date, of course, this Sunday with my Penguins, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the Penguins enter the night tower, hoping to overtake Washington for first place in the stands after Washington lost a tough one last night in Las Vegas. However, we'll see what happens this Sunday when Washington and the Penguins uh, face off on the ice yet again at the Capital One Arena. 12.30 p.m. We'll be dropping the puck this Sunday as that will be a very key game. We will also talk more about what was very interesting last night in NASCAR, however, and of course the latest we heard, however, that we can tell you the person who was injured last night at the Daytona 500 on the last lap is reported in very good condition and could be released from the hospital. We understand either tomorrow or Thursday, so that is very encouraging. You don't mind the Serious wreck last night, our following towards the end of the Daytona 500 last night in Daytona Beach, Florida. What were we going to say now, John? You don't, mind, you don't mind if I share the audio with the audience, don't you? Yes, uh, by all means, please. Uh, this was a clip that was taken earlier this afternoon on an update after what I mean, happened yesterday. last night in Daytona. Or yesterday. Let's play a small, not too big of a clip, but just a minor clip of what happened towards the end of the end of the race last night in case anyone did not hear what happened. And we've got to warn you ahead of time. This was a little graphic, let's just say. And yes, folks, this was very interesting that what went down last night in Daytona Beach, Florida. And again, our thoughts and prayers are with what happened last night. A very crazy, Almost wild Almost similar to what, hearing of what happened in 2001. Which actually happened, I believe it was, eight, it was 19 years ago today, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right on that, yeah. John? Yes, yes I thought I will so. Report, I'm going to report that tonight, too. Yes, we'll talk about I'm that on Revolution. Ahead. Yes, and we also had uh, some significant wrestling dates also happen on this date in history as well, but this was one of the more serious moments that happened outside of wrestling, which John will share with everyone on Revolution. Now, before we continue on, we also like to say hello to our friends at the Hop House, as always, ladies and gentlemen, the bartenders, Dayton, Kelly, Missy, Jen, of course, along with Nikki, Howard, and Casey, we like to say hello to all of you, and of course, our Barfly regulars of Brian, Brad, Jason, Dwayne, 
Uh, Matt, of course, the Iceman says hello to all of you guys, along with Maureen, of course, Mick, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, Georgie, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck and Charlie as well. We'd like to say hello to all of you guys. Hope you enjoy the big game tonight. Penguins, of course, playing Toronto this evening. Now we're going to get to our moment of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, last week we had a great moment. This week I promised you another great moment. We're going to talk about it now, ladies and gentlemen. And here is what our moment is. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to review for you, ladies and gentlemen, a very special DVD that came out back in 2009, ladies and gentlemen, called Starcade, The Essential Collection. Some of Starcade's greatest moments in history, ladies and gentlemen. The top 25 moments. And John and I will look at each match individually and break down it for you X's and O's, ladies and gentlemen, and give you a little history of Starcade as well. As you know, back in 1983, ladies and gentlemen, of course, Starcade began in the legendary Greensboro Coliseum on Thanksgiving night, however. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, it was Jim Crockett Jr., of course, who took the business over with from his father, who passed away 10 years before. Jim Crockett Sr., Big Jim, as he was known as, and his brother David, started to run the business, however, in the old legendary Greensboro Coliseum. And they used to do shows all in the South, however, places like Asheville, Winston-Salem, Raleigh, Charlotte, Greensboro, Columbia, Charleston, ladies and gentlemen, Savannah, Georgia, and other places as well, Atlanta as well. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, this is when Starcade actually took off, however, ladies and gentlemen, however. And, of course, Thanksgiving was one of the bigger nights, however, that they used to have shows, however. And, of course, Dusty and Harley talked about Thanksgiving the night was the night for wrestling in the old days. Flair talked about how all the boys, however, had to make fans travel from hundreds of miles just to make it to the Greensboro shows, however. In fact, you could eat dinner, however, have a good time with your family, however, and if you were bored after dinner, however, you could either watch TV, however, or go out to the movies, however, or maybe just chill until the next morning until maybe it was time to go to the mall and start your Christmas show shopping a little early, or go to the arena and see your favorite wrestler or wrestlers, however, past and present, however, at this particular venue, however. It was very exciting, to say the least. Harley Race, however, said, however, it was only fitting, however, that Greensboro was the logical place to host the very first Starcade, and it was only fitting. That is very true. In fact, Starcade was born out of a name from Dusty Rhodes and Barry Windham, who did shows down in Tampa, however, at the old legendary Raymond James Stadium or Tampa Stadium at the time. As a result, however, they called it the last tango in Tampa. Dusty, of course, came up with the name, however, basically of Starcade, however, along with Jimmy Crockett Jr., and that's how the name started to go. Considering the year before, however, the first stadium show, however, was actually held at World Class Championship Wrestling at Texas Stadium. It wasn't until a year later, however, that Starcade in 83, however, was born on pay-per-view or closed-circuit television. As a result, however, we would see Ric Flair travel from territory to territory, mostly in the Midwest, however, in Kansas City and St. Louis, most notably Sam Mushnick's territory, and as a result, however, defend the NWA Championship. As a result, however, he would be in a fight with uh, Harley Race, the NWA champion, the seven-time legendary champion, who he considered was one of Flair's closest friends and rivals, however, both in and out of the ring, ladies and gentlemen, however, to meet in the very first Starcade. Race was not happy to meet, of course, Flair in Greensboro for the very first Starcade, however, figuring, however, that Flair would have an advantage with the crowd and his home people. Well, he was right on this night, however, and it was a good fight to say, least, considering that earlier in the year, Race did win the title from Flair in Race's backyard of Kansas City. We also saw a couple of other matches that took place on that very first arcade, including an infamous dog collar match between two legendary wrestlers, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Hot Rod Roddy Piper, also, of course, over the next few years, Starcade would continue to grow by leaps and bounds, however, by having it in Greensboro, of course, and, of course, other events would 
people would start getting their names recognized. But in 1985, however, for the first time ever, Starcade would branch out from one city to another city, that being in the legendary Omni. So now you could see both shows on the same night in two different cities, one in the Atlanta Omni and one in Greensboro, the home of Starcade. And it was there in Atlanta, however, that we saw Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes meet again for the second time in two years after what had happened the previous year, which Ric Flair had actually won a million bucks and captured back the NWA title, however, after winning it, however, uh, from, of course, uh, Kerry Von Erich early in the year after Kerry Von Erich took the title from Flair, of course, the previous part of the spring, however, if you will. As a result, Magnum, of course, went on to face Tully Blanchard in one of the most brutal matches of all time in Greensboro. Meanwhile, the I Quit match, which some people say to this day was probably one of the greatest I Quit matches of all time. Over the next few years, a lot of things would uh, elaborate. But unfortunately, Magnum, who was going to go after the uh, championship in Ric Flair at one of the particular Starcades, however, during this time, however, was involved in a very serious car accident, however, in the fall of 86. And as a result, however, his career, however, would end prematurely. It was on that show, how that they dedicated the show to Magnum in honor of him, how, and it was there that they also had one of the most brutalist matches of all time, ladies and gentlemen, that many people thought was barbaric and heinous at the time. No, it wasn't the I Quit match from a year ago in a rematch of sorts. No, 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 no. It was a scaffold match, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, involving two of the greatest teams ever, the Midnight Express and James E. Cornette, how are taking on the road warriors of uh, Hawk and Animal, if you will, with Precious Paul Ellering in Atlanta. Now, 1987, ladies and gentlemen, they moved out of the Greensboro area and also Atlanta area and decided to go up to Chicago and try to compete with WWE and Vince McMahon both on the same day. As a result, they would do the show earlier in the day compared to the uh, Vince McMahon company who would do their show at night. By the end of that weekend, however, fans were realizing, however, that WWE was still gaining steam and the NWA was continuing to be basically nothing more than a small podunk southern good old boy wrestling promotion, if you will, as many fans, however, were not... <coughs> tuning in to see the change in venue from the South Tower all the way into Chicago, despite the fact that they had some pretty good matches. By the late 80s, Crockett would sell his company to Ted Turner, Hauer, a news mogul who would change over the name from NWA to WCW. And with that, Hauer, despite the fact you still had some big names in the NWA slash now new WCW, Hauer, WCW started going up and down a little bit while WWE was continuing to gain more and more momentum by the steam, Hauer. By the mid-90s, however, they would start uh, bringing in new names, however, to try to uh, basically compete with the old names like uh, Flair and Luger, however, and Sting, of course, ladies and gentlemen, however, and the Road Wars, with new guys such as Vader, Dustin Reynolds, if you will, Nikita Koloff, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, and many, many more. It also became, however, a time where WCW also tried to compete with uh, the WWE for a championship ring simply called the Battle Bowl Trophy Ring, if you will, however, considering it was sort of like a variation of the Royal Rumble. Okay, thank you very much, John. And from there, however, ladies and gentlemen, it continued to be a revolving in and outdoor over the next little while, if you will. As a result, however, we would see what would happen when Eric Bischoff would take over the company from, of course, one person who had basically run the company almost down to the ground and almost out the door, if you will. That being other than Cowboy Bill Watts, despite the fact that Cowboy Bill Watts had had his own territory go out of business a few years before, Mid-South Wrestling, if you will, it still wasn't enough, however. As a result, Bischoff then came in, however, as an executive, however, and a former announcer of the old AWA territory in Minnesota, however, for Vern Grinders' company, which had gone out of business just a few years before, to try his luck as an executive vice president. And one of the first things that Turner asked Bischoff to do, however, is want to get a big name. Well, he got a big name, all right, however. It was in the fall slash winter of 93 that he got Ric Flair back after Ric Flair had left the company just a few years before due to the fact he had had a disagreement with management in the upper office of Ted Turner. 
to go to Vince McMahon for a short time and then come back, how realizing how he needed to uh, stay loyal to his company despite the fact that he wasn't okay, happy with his company. Okay, John, welcome back. A few years before that, Howard, because of what had happened in upper management. But the one name, Howard, that uh, that was told by Bischoff, Howard, by Flair, Howard, to bring into the company, and if he wanted to survive and basically uh, put Vince McMahon into a little bit of a pickle, if you will, was one person he had worked with a little bit in the WWF just prior to that, that being Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, of course, was ready to retire and hang it up around this time, but Hulk Hogan, Howard, talked to Eric Bischoff and Flair in a meeting, Howard, and by the early spring of 94, Hulk Hogan was on his way, Howard, heading from uh, up north, Howard, in the north where he had been a dominant star for the past 10 years or so as the heavyweight champion and one of the bigger cash cows for Vince McMahon, to heading back down south, Howard, to near his own home area, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, and compete with the old Ted Turner, good old Wrestling Boys promotion, if you will, as he took a little bit of a pay cut, but not a big pay cut, mind you, to start working for Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff. As a result, Vince McMahon never forgave him for that for quite some time because of him jumping ship, if you will. And as a result, as they say, the rest is history. From there, we also saw some other new names come into the fold, including a former football star at Georgia who will later make a huge impact and just run through the competition for two plus years before getting beat in his own way, which we'll talk about here in our matches here. That being none other than the man known simply as Bill Goldberg or as Gold. Some people used to call him Goldberg. That being said, Howard, Magnum T.A. Howard says, Howard, that they blew it away when they tried to start running pay-per-views every month instead of every once in a while, and some of them lost their luster. J.R. said that they tried to be WWE 2.0, and that failed. Nevertheless, this is a very good documentary for about 40 or 45 minutes, Howard, and it has a lot of people on there that you definitely uh, have probably seen over the years, guys like Chris Jericho, Kevin Nash. Uh, Goldberg, like I said, uh, Ric Flair, of course, uh, old clips I've seen, Dusty Rhodes, of course, David Crockett, uh, if you will, however, like I said, Arne Anderson's on this DVD, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, uh, certainly a very special DVD to say the least, nevertheless, however, and it is definitely worth watching. Now, before we get to the matches at hand, and we'll go and list the matches right now, I want to get John's take, however, about this very special 40 to 45 minute documentary about the history and legacy of Starcade. Good story. Other than crap. Yes, indeed. And if you have not seen this, folks, you definitely want to add this to your collection. I have it in my collection, actually. Believe it or not, and I am uh, got to say that's one of my favorite DVDs to watch. I haven't watched it for a while, but I'm going to have to go back and watch it again eventually at some point, if you will. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the matches now, ladies and gentlemen, and talk about the matches in detail. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen, with the matches in no particular order. Our first match, ladies and gentlemen, takes us back to Starcade 1996 in Nashville, Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen. It is Hollywood Hulk Hogan turning heel however, earlier in the year, ladies and gentlemen, joining with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, who at one time were in WCW. Known as the Diamond Stud and Oz, if you will, now backed by their real names, no longer Diesel and, and uh, of course, uh, Razor Ramon, if you will, or Gator Scott Hall, if you will. They formed a vigilante group to combat WWE called the New World Order. And speaking of Hall, Nash, and uh, like I said, uh, Hogan, however, Nash and Hogan will be going into the WWE Hall of Fame in about six weeks from now, ladies and gentlemen, in Tampa, Hogan's hometown, if you will. As a result, he takes on a person he has had history with, of course, going back to the very first WrestleMania. And this is a guy who actually put Hogan Hogan put down, however, at the first WrestleMania. So you can imagine this guy was looking for payback in the biggest way possible, that being the hot Scott himself, Roddy Roddy Piper, who showed up two months before that to confront Hulk Hogan following Halloween Havoc 96 in Las Vegas. As a result, this was not for the title, despite the fact that Hogan did have the belt with him around his waist at the time. As a result, however, the giant, a.k.a. Big 
show tried to help Hogan along with Ted DiBiase and the rest of the NWO, including Kevin Nash, ladies and gentlemen, and also Scott Hall. It was all for naught, however. In the end, Roddy Piper surprisingly put down, uh, let's just say, the Hulkster, and Hogan was out right then and there, needless to say. And at first we thought the Giant was going to try to help Piper, however, but instead we saw what happened, and that was try to help his uh, man, Hulk Hogan. In the end, Piper, of course, would pick up the win by putting down Hogan with the sleeper. Eric Bischoff was not very happy as we would see the next night on Nitro when they showed the footage of this, however, and was irate to see the footage when they showed it, however. But nevertheless, Piper evens the score with Hogan, however, after Hogan had beaten him at WrestleMania 1 here at Star King 96 here in Nashville. Your thoughts about this match? That was a good match. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And this was at a time when Piper, of course, was debating between staying at WWF or going to WCW, back to WCW. Of course, he had been offered to go into the early part of the WWF Hall of Fame. Instead, he told Vince McMahon he had had an offer that he could not refuse. He did not want to tell him what it was, but we knew what it was. And that was Eric Bischoff bringing in him, along with Hall and Nash. And, of course, we would see, as we said, uh, Roddy Piper show up power at Halloween Havoc 96 towards the end of the Hogan Macho Man Savage match in Las Vegas. That was the first time we had seen Piper back in WCW. And since really the mid-80s, ladies and gentlemen, and when he came out that night in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden, you can bet that place exploded like crazy, let's just say. Speaking of explosion, ladies and gentlemen, that leads us to our next match, Howard. A really good match here in the Iron Man Singles Tournament, Howard. This was on a point system, ladies and gentlemen, Howard. The Stinger, yes, folks, Sting. Steve Borden, if you will, taking on the great Muta, ladies and gentlemen. Kajia Muto, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time. One of my favorites of all time, ladies and gentlemen. I have always been a fan of this gentleman as well as the Stinger. I've been a big Sting fan as long as I can remember. Anyway, this was a very, very unique Iron Man tournament to see who would capture the NWA Championship. As a result, Sting would compete in the first round in tournament here against the, uh, let's just say, the very unique Pearl of the Orient, as they called it, to the great Muta, led to the ring by Gary Hart, the playboy himself, only of Florida Championship Wrestling and other territories, including WCCW, ladies and gentlemen. That being said, Sting, of course, had had a pretty good feud with Muta throughout the late 80s into the early 90s, if you will. Sting ends up uh, beating Muta here with a superplex. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, this match was okay. Yes, I would agree there. I would agree there. Up next, of course, ladies and gentlemen, another great match, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, for the World Tag Team Championship to decide who would be the champs, Howard, ladies and gentlemen. It was Barry Windham and Brian Pillman, two former Four Horsemen members, ladies and gentlemen, teaming up, taking on Pittsburgh's own, the franchise, Shane Douglas, ladies and gentlemen, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat, of course, had uh, worked for a brief time in Mid-Atlantic, however, in the 80s and the late 70s, into the 80s, and had come back just three years before to WCW after being in the WWE for a brief time. This was for the tag title. Shane Douglas, of course, shortly thereafter, would be on his way to ECW, despite despite the fact he had had a very serious disagreement with management, most notably Ric Flair. But this was actually supposed to be Austin and uh, originally Douglas, but unfortunately Steamboat stepped in for Austin, however, on this night, however, and took over Austin's spot, however. And as a result, the Dragon would fill his spot. Nevertheless, this was a very unique match, to say the least. Overall, a very, very good match. And in the end, however, this was actually pretty darn good, to say the least. This was actually very good. Douglas covers for the 1-2-3, and as a result, Douglas and Steamboat retained the titles here against Wyndham and Pillman. Nevertheless, you talk about a very unique moment that Pillman had, of course, early on during the mid-'90s, however, when he was only competing with guys in the light heavyweight division like Ricky Morton, Jusen Liger, and others, however. He uh, found a way to team up with a pretty good uh, fellow big man in big, sweet Barry Wyndham, 6'6", 255, 260 from Sweetwater, Texas, 
In fact, I'm surprised that Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo are not going into the Hall of Fame this year. You think they would go in being Florida boys, considering they wrestled in Florida throughout their career and in for a brief time in the WWE as well as in other territories. But nevertheless, your thoughts about this tag team with these four gentlemen? Yeah, it was amazing. Yes, I would agree. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, this is the match I was talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Nash versus Bill Goldberg. Goldberg had won 173 in a row and had won two belts. Not one, two belts. Two belts, did I say it again? Oh, yes, two uh. belts for the price of one, ladies and gentlemen. The infamous streak around the world, ladies and gentlemen, in Washington, D.C., John Snekerlewitz at the brand-new MCI Center. This was, of course, a very unique match. Just a few weeks after the MCI Center had just opened to the public for the first time, WCW came barging in, Howard, to give everyone a late Christmas present, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Nash said that he was the one going to stop the streak. Well, he stopped the streak, all right, thanks to Scott Hall's stun gun, if you will. But Goldberg had won the championship, Howard, the U.S. title, earlier in the year against Raven Howard, following spring stampede in the Mile High City. Three months later, he beat Hall with Hulk Hogan and stopped his streak in front of 40,000 people in Goldberg's hometown of Atlanta at the legendary Georgia Dome on Nitro. Now Goldberg was looking to end the uh, 98 year and begin the final year of the 90s Howard, with both belts. The question is, would he do it? Well, he would lose one of them, however, before this, however, but now he had the big strap still around his waist. The question was now, could he hold on to it and start 1999 off with a bang? Well, unfortunately, this night, the bad guy, Eliezer Lamone, Scott Hall, whatever you want to call him, ladies and gentlemen, made sure that was not going to happen, and he helped his big buddy, if you will, Kevin Nash, pull off the win. A lot of people said this was one of the most controversial moments in Starcade history. I would agree with it, but nevertheless, however, this was still a pretty damn good match, however, and in the end, however, Kevin Nash stops the streak, and ends up winning the WCW title in front of a shocked audience in Washington, D.C., ending Goldberg's 173-0 streak. Your thoughts about this one in your neck of the woods, John? First, first of all, you got the date wrong. MCI Center opened up in 1997. Yes, I said, 97. Yes, you did. Yeah. And as far as Nash versus Goldberg goes, controversy. Certainly. Certainly, not only Scott Hall, we saw Bam Bam Bigelow play a part in this, too, if you remember. And Disco Inferno. That's right, Disco Inferno, Glenn Gilbert and Eddie. Yep, I forgot about that. You're right. That's right. Yep, you are correct, sir. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, our next moment, how our I think back that was the way when Nash beat Goldberg, I mm-hmm. think that that was the beginning of when you started to see WCW start not going down just yet, but... Crumble a little. Start having a how harbinger of things to come. Yes. Oh, yes. Definitely. No question. No question. I'd agree. I would agree. I would agree. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, another great moment. 1991, Starcade in Norfolk, Virginia, not far from John Snake of the Woods, ladies and gentlemen. It is Battle Bowl, ladies and gentlemen, one of the two Battle Bowls that happened. 20 guys that were in the match included, however, ladies and gentlemen, Big Van Vader, a.k.a. Leon White. Jimmy Jam Garvin, Dustin Rhodes, The Natural, Bill Kazmir, Jusian Thunder Liger, Stone, I mean Steve Austin, later Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ricky Morton, Todd Champion, Abdul the Butcher, Firebreaker Chip, Wildfire Tommy Rich, Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk, Ricky Steamboat, Curtis, Mr. Hughes, Big Papa, Young Pump, Scott Steiner, Lex Luger, The Total Package, however, Ravishing Rick Rude, Double A, Arn Anderson, The Stinger, and yes, folks, Bill Kazmir. This was a very interesting uh, final to say. And, and of course, the J.D., Jared, Jader, D. Drum, as well. And myself and John and Fonzie and Chad and everyone. As a result, however, Sting ends up winning here, believe it or not, however, and knocking out Lex Luger, his best friend here, believe it or not, Howard, and actually Harley Race tried to help Luger win here at Battle Bull. As a result, Sting would become the first Battle Bull recipient 
recipient teller of the trophy. Your thoughts about the Stinger winning Battle Bowl 91? Um, hey, uh, Yes, indeed. And this was a time, like I said, when WCW had really had had some tough issues with management. I mean, they had a lot of people coming in and out of the front office, from Ole Anderson to Bill Watts to Kip Frey to Jim Hurd to other people, ladies and know, And this was very, very unique, to say the least. No question about it. Now, this one is one of my favorite Starcade matches, and I can always go back and have a big smile on my face when I watch this one. This is a two-out-of-three-falls match for the WCW US title, ladies and gentlemen. It is stunning Steve Austin with the Colonel Robert Parker, ladies and gentlemen, taking on, if you will, Dustin Rose ladies and gentlemen, the natural, ladies and gentlemen. As a result, Austin, of course, was not yet with the Hollywood Blondes, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. He was uh, kind of broken up with that gimmick. He had also been with the Dangerous Alliance and Paul Heyman for a brief time. This was a two out of three falls uh, match, however. This was very unique, however. As a result, however, mind you, however, uh, Austin ends up winning the matchup, however, despite the fact, however, that Dustin should have won the first fall uh, by... uh, Somehow, some way, however, but at the time, however, one of the rules that stayed in WCW, you could not throw your opponent over the top rope, otherwise you were disqualified. This, of course, changed a year or two later after what happened in the mid-90s, however, but at this time, this is still a rule, however, and it stood, however, for a lot of people in uh, WCW that not many people liked. Uh, nevertheless, Austin picks up the win 2 nothing and is still your U.S. champion. This was a pretty good match, I thought. John, your thoughts about Austin and Rhodes in Charlotte at Star K-93. Curse that rule. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. But still, this was a pretty damn good match, you got to admit. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are halfway home. However, we're going to continue our countdown, but let's give you the number again, one 1399926 pound the human suplex machine in the Iceman here. We are expecting hopefully King and Queen of Madness, GTS, and MLB, along with the Empress Sam Maria can park the rest of the gang here in just a little bit here, so we will be on here for a little longer. So let's continue our countdown, ladies and gentlemen, with our next moment. And we go now, ladies and gentlemen, to our next moment. We're going back to the uh, Iron Man tournament, ladies and gentlemen, here in just a second, ladies and gentlemen. Howard. So we're going to pull this up, ladies and gentlemen, here. So hold on. We're going to tell you what that is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, we will have that for you in just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. I thought we had it here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here, okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I just had this, so bear with me here, folks. Okay, I just had that. That was the wrong thing, okay? Uh, let's tell you about it right now. Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. And, ladies and gentlemen, this is our next moment, ladies and gentlemen, here. Da, 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 da. Okay, where are we going? Where are we going? Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Our next moment, ladies and gentlemen. How, okay, that is the end of... Uh, our first disc, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue on, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, like I said, however, and let's tell you where we're going to next, ladies and gentlemen, however, okay, here, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, however, okay, here we go, our next moment, ladies and gentlemen, here, we're, we're, we're back now, ladies and gentlemen, match number 19, are we ready, here we go, it is Chicago, we're going to Chi-Town next, folks, ladies and gentlemen, and it is going to be a great one here, the Road Warriors in their own backyard, Animal and Hawk, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the four horsemen of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard with James J. Dillon. This was on Thanksgiving Day, 1987. Uh, as a result, we thought the Road Warriors were going to end up winning here, but again, however, ladies and gentlemen, the dusty finish came into play when you went over the top rope. You were disqualified, but nevertheless, this was a good match, and the Road Warriors definitely were over with their hometown people. Your thoughts about the horsemen and the Road Warriors from Starcade 87, Thanksgiving Day afternoon in Chi-Town. That tore the house. 
Yes, it did. Yes, it did. You talk about some great matches there, and there were some other ones that happened on that Star KD7, which we'll talk about in just a little while. Up next, here is a great one, John, that I think you'll like. Her. It is Star KD1996, ladies and gentlemen. We go back to Music City, USA, and we got two of the best cruiserweights of the world fighting one another. Ray Mysterio Jr., ladies and gentlemen, Mexico, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, taking on our Hall of Famer, ladies and gentlemen, this year, and congrats to him on well-deserved, ladies and gentlemen, the guy who just retired about six weeks ago, Jushin Thunder Liger, ladies and gentlemen. As a result, Howard, this was absolutely an incredible match, to say the least, Howard. And in the end, Jushin Thunder Liger beats Ray Mysterio, but this one absolutely tore the house down in Music City. Your thoughts about Ray and Liger? Ray and Liger, pretty impressive match. Yes, they did. And, of course, we would see Lager, of course, wrestle many guys over the years, including Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Shindro Otani, uh, Chris Jericho, Juventud Guerrera, Conan, uh, like I said, uh, Psychosis or Psychosis, Rey Mysterio Jr., ladies and gentlemen, as we said, however, a lot of other great guys from Japan over the years, including a lot of the Japanese and also a lot of Mexican wrestlers as well. A great wrestler, nevertheless, a guy who wrestled for 35 years, ladies and gentlemen, and who will be going into the WWE Hall of Fame in just about six weeks' time. Uh, he was just honored with that, bestowed uh, a week ago. We want to congratulate this guy, even though he did not wrestle that much in the WWE. This is a guy who actually began the very first Monday Nitro, if you remember, back in September of 95. And in fact, we've talked about him a couple times in our reviews, however, going back to that Nitro and some other great moments in pay-per-view history that he used to do in WCW. Now, speaking of Starcade, ladies and gentlemen, next week, folks, we're going to have another great Starcade moment for you, and John, I'll tell you about it right before you leave the air tonight, and if not, I'll tell you after the show ends, our before Revolution, I'll get a hold of you and let you know what that moment is. So, folks, you definitely want to stay tuned to that great moment. It's going to be a great moment next week, I can tell you that, so you definitely want to stay tuned. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we go back to Starcade 87 yet again, and here's another great one for you, ladies and gentlemen. The Midnight Express, Sweet Sand Lane, and beautiful Bobby Ian with their manager, James E. Cornette, and Big Bubba. Yes, folks, Big Bubba Rogers, the big boss man, whatever you want to call him, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the Rock and Roll Express of Gibson and Morn. This is a scaffold tag team match. The Express, of course, have been involved in some great battles with some great teams over the year, and of course, they had some great battles with the legendary teams like the Russians, Ivan and Nikita Koloff, the Midnight, of course, the... Uh, Paul E. version of the Midnight Express, of course. Uh, Loverboy Dennis Howard, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, his partner, if you will, Randy Rose. But on this night, Howard, it's Gibson, Howard, excuse me, it's Eaton in the Lane with Big Bob and James E. Cornette taking on Ricky Moore and Gibson in a scaffold tag team match. And of course, the rule is you have to send your both opponents to the match before the other team does it to you. Big Bob went after Moore at the start of the match, but still, this was a great match, Howard, nevertheless, Howard. We saw what happened, Howard. James E. Cornette had his issues the year before, Howard, in the scaffold. And we'll talk more about that as we continue our countdown. But nevertheless, Howard, the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express, again, two of the best teams of the A's. You talk about two guys who would fight all over the country, Howard, from down south to the west coast, to the northwest, to the east, to the south, in every direction they could. Nevertheless, Howard, the Rock and Roll Express pick up the win, however, against the Midnight Express. Your thoughts about this scaffold match of Starcade 87? Brutal. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we saw what happened with the big boss man when the Rock and Roll Express had a little fun with uh, the big boss man, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Up next, a very unique moment, ladies and gentlemen. We take you to the day after Christmas, 1988, ladies and gentlemen. How it is Ric Flair putting his title on the line. You talk about Mr. Starcade himself. Ric Flair was one of those guys, ladies and gentlemen, taking on a guy who would later be a Four Horsemen, of course, and then, of course, betray the four, get betrayed by the Four Horsemen. The total package Lex Luger, but the rules were simple. Flair, if he is disqualified, however, will lose the title automatically. 
So Flair had a big late Christmas uh, thing to go, Howard. And a lot of people, Howard, thought that Luger would be the champion for the first time. Well, unfortunately, this was held at the legendary scope, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, in Norfolk, not that far away from John. As a result, Luger thought he could end the late 1988 year, going into 89, Howard, in the last year of the 80s, Howard, as the new face of the champ. Flair had had some great battles around 1988, including that infamous Clash of the Champions match earlier in the year with Sting, which I still think is one of the best Clash of Champion moments of all time. This was a 45-minute fight against the Stinger. And we'll talk about Flair and Sting's history in just a little bit. But that being said, John, in the end, Flair showed why. He is Mr. Starcade here, Howard, and pulling off a very controversial yet a questionable win, Howard, by having his feet on the ropes by beating the total package. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, it was pretty good. Agreed. Agreed. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we go back to 1995 for our next moment, ladies and gentlemen. It is Eddie Guerrero, who has actually arrived along with his friends Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko from ECW, ladies and gentlemen, who had competed in places like Mexico and Japan, ladies and gentlemen, as Black Tiger or Tiger Mask, if you will, zone taking on one of the Japanese guys we talked about earlier, Shinjiro Otani, with uh, one of our good friends, the legendary manager, Sonny Ono, one of our Hall of Famers here on the Talk Show Radio Network and in the WCW Wing of Hall of Fame honors, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, WCW had been battling New Japan for a best of seven World Cup series. This was a very unique match. In the end, how Atani picks up the win over Guerrero. This will be the last match that Japan will win on the Cup that night. But nevertheless, this was still a pretty damn good match with two of their finest. Tower. And Eddie Guerrero was just coming into his own in, around this time in WCW. He had not quite yet hit the platform just yet, but he would hit it soon enough by 1996 and in the years to come. But still, nevertheless, Eddie had a pretty good 1995 with some great battles. And this was one of them against Atani. Your thoughts about Eddie and Atani at Star K95. Pretty good. Yes, indeed. And of course, Eddie had had some battles, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, including with Dean Malenko. Those guys used to tear it up in ECW, including the legendary two out of three falls match, ladies and gentlemen, there last night. Of course, uh, at the uh, legendary ECW pay-per-view, Enter the Sandman, earlier in April. And of course, they had had a rematch a few weeks later, of course, in May, at the legendary South Building Arena in Philly and other places throughout the country. I mean, these guys used to tear each other apart limb from limb. They used to have also teammates that would... Uh, team with them, guys like Taz, the Steiners, uh, Dean Malenko, of course, would have his brother, uh, the legendary Joe Malenko, ladies and gentlemen, of course, as we mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, Eddie, of course, would have two Colts, Scorpio, and of course, Dean would also try to get Scorpio on his side, uh, some great moments there, nevertheless, to say the least. Up next, another great moment, ladies and gentlemen, we take you down to the number 14, ladies and gentlemen, however, as we continue our countdown here, ladies and gentlemen, here at Starcade, it is the Road Warriors back in action, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about them moments ago, however, this is the first time I think we're mentioning the Road no, this is the second time we're mentioning the Road Warriors, taking on Dusty Rhodes and Sting for the NWA Tag Team titles, uh, Dusty had actually been betrayed by Hawk and Animal Blinger by being spiked, however, literally with a big stone spike, however, by the Road Warriors, the Warriors had been a face team for a long time, they kind of went heel for a short time before going back to being a face uh, team uh, shortly after this, however, a little while later down the road. But at this time, they were heels, however, and a lot of people did not like what they did to Dusty, however. However, a lot of people were upset with what happened to Dusty, and they wanted the Hawk and Animal to pay the price, however. This was for the NWA Tag Titles. In the end, however, mind you, this, of course, was a DQ uh, finish, however, as Ellerine Heller helped his boys, however, basically... Uh, Let's just say, still hold on to the titles, but Dusty and Sting would win the match. Only thing was, it was by DQ. Your thoughts about this match up here at Starcade 88? Uh, pretty good. 
Yes, I would agree. And speaking of Sting, ladies and gentlemen, however, we go to our next moment, ladies and gentlemen, number 13, as we are continuing our countdown, ladies and gentlemen. It is December 1992. Sting taking on Big Van Vader with Harley Race in the King of the Cable Tournament Final, one of the last times that Starcade would be held at the legendary Omni, if you will. Vader would have a monster 1993 year, ladies and gentlemen, however, as we would see that would culminate with taking on Ric Flair, which we'll talk about here, I'm sure, in just a little while. But nevertheless, a very unique match, to say the least. That being said, however, ladies and gentlemen, however, it was a very interesting match, however. In the end, however, Sting ends up picking up and defeating the big Rocky Mountain monster, if you will, Big Van Vader, right before Vader would go off to uh, set uh, some new records, however, if you will. And, of course, that would all start with winning the NWA, excuse me, the WCW Championship from Ron Simmons a few days after this, however. And he would continue his dominance throughout much of 93. But on this night, however, Sting closed down 1992 in a big way by winning the King of the Cable Tournament Final. Your thoughts about Sting and Vader in one of the last times Starcade would be held at the Atlanta Omni? Pretty enjoyable. Yes, indeed. And of course, this was the King of the Cable final. Of course, Vader was led to the ring, of course, by, at the time, one of the more unique wrestlers of all time, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me, the seven-time champion, Harley Race, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting to point on that one. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we continue our countdown, ladies and gentlemen. Another great moment, ladies and gentlemen. As we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going now to number 12, ladies and gentlemen. We're going back to Starcade 83, however, the very first Starcade, ladies and gentlemen. This is a great match here and one of my favorites to watch over and over again. The Briscoe Brothers, the legendary NWA champion Jack Briscoe, teaming up with his brother Jerry Briscoe, ladies and gentlemen, formerly of Vince McMahon Stooges, taking on a young Rick Steamboat and Jay Youngblood, uh, Don, uh, Angelo King Kong Mosca, who had been attacked earlier in the night, however, by apparently... By somebody, however, actually was your special guest ring enforcer. The rules were simple, however. If uh, someone got disqualified, they would either retain the belts or win the belts outright, if you will. As a result, however, that being said, however, Steamboat and Youngblood, however, believe it or not, picked up the win, however, by defeating Jack and Jerry Briscoe, however. Despite the fact Don Cronoodle, however, had actually shook hands with all four uh, competitors and actually uh, had been, had a brief short run in WWE, however, before coming into Mid-Atlantic, however, around this time. Your thoughts about the Briscoes versus Steamboat and Youngblood for the NWA titles here at Starcade 83 in Greensboro? Pretty good, match. Yes, I would agree, and like I said, folks, you talk about for the best tower, no question about it. Of course, uh, sad to say, Youngblood, tragically, we would lose him two years later at the age of 30 due to a very serious health issue, while Steamboat, of course, would go on to bigger and better things. Of course, one match that is not on this DVD, and I wish it would have been on, was the match that Steamboat would have the following year, of course, against Tully Blanchard in that same venue. Now, up next, ladies and gentlemen, talking about... Uh, Mr. Uh, Russell uh, Starcade, if you will, two of the finest here. We saw what happened, of course, ladies and gentlemen, in 84 with the whole Joe Frazier thing. We mentioned that before. And then a few months before that, he had been attacked by Ric Flair and his entourage of Ole and Arn Anderson and had his ankle broken, if you will. Dusty Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen, was looking to get payback on Ric Flair for what happened. As a result, going into this match, the crowd was actually cheering Dusty like mad. They really hated Flair. In fact, it got very ugly heat, like Randy Orton-type heat that has been going on the last few weeks. And it was a very heated scene. In fact, at one point, Flair said, however, when the incident occurred just a few months before this match, however, when they did the show that night, however, and broke Dusty's ankle, it took them literally 20 minutes to walk backstage because it was so bad with fans throwing stuff at them. I mean, it was like almost a mob scene out of control at the Omni. That's how bad it was. Now, on this night, surprisingly, however, believe it or not, Dusty won the match, however, but that would later change, however, when referee Tommy Young, however, said, however, Dusty did win, but he did not win the title outright. He won the match instead by DQ because Ole Anderson and Arn Anderson had come in, however, to co 
cause the distraction. Dusty would get one more crack at that belt, however, later on in 1986 and would beat Flair. Only thing was he would hold the belt for a week. But on this time, however, Dusty, at least uh, if you want to call it this, however, even the score with Flair after what had happened at Starcade 84, or so we thought, however, by picking up the win against Flair here in the final match at Starcade 85 The Gathering. Your thoughts about Dusty and Arn, excuse me, not Dusty and Arn, Dusty and Flair 2 here at Starcade 85. That was an awesome match. Yes, it was. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go to our final match, Hellar and Disc 2, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about these two guys just moments ago. We're going to talk about them here, ladies and gentlemen. These guys always had great chemistry. They were the best of friends. They traveled together. They worked together. And they always had uh, respect with each other, ladies and gentlemen. Their families respected one another. Yes, folks, I'm talking about Latino Heat himself. Eddie Guerrero, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the Iceman. No, not me. The other Iceman, ladies and gentlemen, the shooter, Dean Malenko, ladies and gentlemen, at the very the Starcade that we talked about moments ago, ladies and gentlemen, how are in the nation's capital in John's neck of the woods. As a result, we saw what happened, and as a result, how are Eddie, of course, had won the WCW Cruiserweight title belt back, how are on a very, very amazing match he had had, ladies and gentlemen, with of all things, however, believe it or not, however, uh, from uh, Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc in the match versus title matchup. Nevertheless, this was still a great match, to say the least. Uh, John, your thoughts, however, about this uh, very unique match between Guerrero and Malenko, uh, believe it or not, that occurred, however, believe it or not, at Starcade 97. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yes, I would agree. Of course, like we said, these two guys, of course, have done a lot together. They've worked out together. They used to travel together and everything like that, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very unique, to say the least. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go down the wire, ladies and gentlemen, and we go into now, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, our final disc, ladies and gentlemen, to the Starcade DVD. You definitely want to hold on to your seats, ladies and gentlemen, as they say, Howard. And here is what we started out with as we go down now the wire, Howard, into our next, ladies and gentlemen, however. Uh, just give me a minute here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll tell you about it here in just a second. So, folks, so hold on. We're going to get to that, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, here we go. Our next moment, ladies and gentlemen, of course, is, of course, uh, another great moment, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Iron Man Tag Team Tournament, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about it moments ago, how involving Sting and Muda. This time, it's the Road Wars taking on the Steiner Bros, if you will. The Road Wars, surprisingly, how are dominating. They were the team of the 80s, folks. They could win anything they wanted. They were given titles their first night uh, a few weeks in in Georgia Championship Wrestling, and they just continued to pile up trophies like you wouldn't believe, ladies and gentlemen. From the uh, Japan titles, I believe, they won a couple titles in Japan, to the AWA, to the Mid-Atlantic, however, to the WCW to the NWA. I mean, they did a lot, folks, and believe me, they could uh, compete with the best of them. Uh, John, your thoughts about the Road Warriors and the Steiners, however, at Starcade 89 in the Iron Man Tag Team Tournament that saw the Warriors actually, they didn't win this match, I remember, I think, however. The Steiners won, if I remember. Yes, I'm right. The Steiners did pull off the win, but nevertheless, still, the Road Warriors and the Steiners at Starcade 89 in the Iron Man Tag Team Tournament. Pretty impressive. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No question about it. And, of course, like I said, the Road Warriors, of course, had done a lot, ladies and gentlemen. They had some battles with the Horsemen, the Midnight Express, uh, like I said, the Russians, if you will. The Steiners, of course, had had the same sort of teams also, ladies and gentlemen, and, of course, uh, had battled some great teams as well, including the Horsemen, like we said, the Rock and Roll Express. I believe they had feuded with them for a little bit. Luger and Sting, of course, uh, Sting and Dusty, if you will. Uh, of course, Lex Luger and Sting, some great moments there, to say the least. Now, this one, John, is going to blow your mind. I'm sure you've seen this match. This was one of the better matches of uh, the DVD, ladies and gentlemen. It is a ladder match for a shot at the Cruiserweight Championship. This was when Starcade was slowly fading away into oblivion. But nevertheless, this was a great moment here, to say the least. This was an unbelievable match, to say the least. However, it was three count. Jamie, by God, Noble, and Evan Courageous teaming up against the 
with each other taking on the Young Dragons from Starcade 2000. The last year's Starcade was held in your neck of the woods, John, for the Cruiserweight Championship to open up the final Starcade and, of course, uh, the final uh, pay-per-view of the year 2000. Your thoughts about this ladder match for the Cruiserweight title in this ladder affair. This one was amazing. I agree. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, another great moment, ladies and gentlemen, as we're continuing to count down the final moments here, ladies and gentlemen, we now take you back to the Iron Man tournament we just talked about moments ago, ladies and gentlemen, how it is Sting versus Ric Flair, of course, how and of course Sting would win the WCW championship, his first in history, ladies and gentlemen, as he would beat the Nature Boy Ric Flair, however, here in Atlanta to become the Iron Man winner. Your thoughts about Sting and Flair from 89? Pretty good, Matt. Indeed, indeed, I would agree there, Heller. Ladies and gentlemen, no question about it. Just give me a moment here, folks. Uh, I'm just trying to do something here. Uh, so, uh, like I said here, I'm just trying to, like I said, uh, like I said, I'm just trying, I'm trying to think here, ladies and gentlemen. So, give me a minute. Give me a minute here, folks. Uh, we're working on, we're just trying to get some music here cranked up here for you, ladies and gentlemen. So, bear with us. Um Okay, uh, uh, okay, here we go. I got it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Up next, another great moment, ladies and gentlemen, in Starcade history. This is the one I was talking about, folks. And again, we want to give you a forewarning. This was a little graphic, to say the least, ladies and gentlemen. This was intense, to say the least. Greg Valentine and Roddy Piper. Piper had lost half of his hearing earlier in the year to the Va- Hammer Valentine, had won the US, had lost the U.S. title. Valentine had won it. Now Piper, of course, wanted to take on Valentine again, but Jim Crockett would not sanction this match because he was fearful of Piper, and he was fearful what kind of blood and uh, catastrophe we'd see in this battle between these two legendary wrestlers. Your thoughts about Valentine Piper that saw Piper win, but not the U.S. title here in this very graphic dog collar match? Well, this was graphic. Yes, it was. It was very graphic to say the least, Tower. I mean, it was like it was like almost like uh, just two bulls coming head to head, if you will. Now, another great moment here, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, Tower is another great one, ladies and gentlemen. The Road Wars, the Midnight Express. We just talked about it, ladies and gentlemen. The infamous scaffold match. James E. Cornette fell here in this one and uh, broke his ankle <laughs> as a result of this. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and watch, you see him up there, 25 feet, and this is no joke, folks. He's hanging off a scaffold. Uh, the Road Warriors had the last laugh on the Midnight Express, despite the Midnight Express earlier in the year trying to attack the Road Warriors out and get an advance on them, and they kind of did for a while. But the Road Warriors demanded payback and revenge on Cornette and company, and boy, did they get revenge on them in a big way, and especially Cornette when he went straight down as they beat beautiful Bobby and uh, Sweet Stan Lane here at the uh, Road Night of the Skywalker match, they refer to it as, here at Starcade A6. Your thoughts about this one? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Up next, yes, yes, and now we're going down to the final four, ladies and gentlemen, as we are almost ready to call tonight here, but before we do, we want to thank, of course, the human suplex machine, ladies and gentlemen, if we go over past the 8 o'clock hour, bear with us, folks, however, we're going to try our best, we're going to get through real quick, uh, real quick, John Sting versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan, uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan uh, will lose the title, however, thanks to Sting uh, getting help from Bret Hart, uh, as Hogan was... Uh, Pleading for mercy, however, he uh, thought Bret Hart would help him out. However, Bret Hart gave the win to Sting, but then there would be controversy following. Your thoughts about this with Sting winning the title here against Hogan and putting a real big crack in the NWO armor? I believe this was Sting's first match match. Yes, it was. It was indeed. Yes, you are correct on that. Uh, You are correct on that. Uh, okay, up next, uh, real quick, how, uh, Ric Flair versus Big Van Vader, of course. Vader, of course, uh, uh, playing Flair. Flair was playing his career and uh, livelihood online, just coming back from 
WWE. However, now he wanted a chance at Vader. Vader and Race were looking to destroy Flair and put him out the pasture once for all, but Flair won the title in his backyard yet again. Flair was Mr. Stark, as we said before, folks. He beats Vader and is now the champion once again. Your thoughts about this one? That was a good match, too. Indeed. And then, of course, the final two, ladies and gentlemen. Our first one is Ric Flair versus Harley Race at the first Starcade. We talked about the history with Harley Race, of course, attacking with Cowboy Ace Bob Borden and, of course, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Dirty Dick Slater and company. Flair was getting some help from his friends, Wahoo McDaniel, uh, Jay Youngblood, Steamboat, of course, ladies and gentlemen, and others. Flair would become the two-time champion, how defeating the King Harley Race, how on this night, how in Greensboro. What a night this was in the steel cage. Gene Kineski was your referee. Your thoughts about Flair and Race in the cage at the first Starcade. Awesome match. Indeed. And finally, one of the better matches of Starcades. We finally say goodnight and wrap it up here, ladies and I do want to thank again all of you for listening. And, of course, we will talk to you again next week, of course, with another great moment in time. The Human Suplex Machine and I will be here at the same time along with GTS, Michelle, <coughs> Chad, and Fonzie, Anel, the rest of the gang, and Panway 2 Tough Animal will be back at 7 o'clock next week. John, this is our final match before we wrap it up here. The infamous I Quit match, Magnum T.A. and Tully Blanchard. Tully was led to the ring by the Perfect Ten baby doll. Magnum T.A. lost the U.S. title earlier in the summer, looking to get it back. He got it back already and made Tully say I Quit in what was a very physical, bloody I Quit match. Your thoughts about Magnum and Tully in the I Quit match in Greensboro? Brutal. Yes. And if you have not seen that match, folks, I definitely implore you to check it out. So there you go, folks. Those are our top 25 moments of Starcade and the history of Starcade. However, we hope you enjoyed it. John, overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you rate this DVD in the matches? I give this a solid 9.5 out of 10. 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. So you're going to just a little bit below me. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Well, we're going to let you go, John. Why don't you go ahead? I'm going to take us home, Howard. We do want to thank you all for listening in tonight. We're going to close it out with a very good tune, Howard. We hope you enjoy it. It is the Psychedelic First and Love My Way, Howard. So we want to thank you all for joining us. Luchi's we will not be here. Back. Luchi's Puchy's not, not going to be here tonight. I'm going on Puchy. my own. <laughs> okay, you're on your own. Okay, Poochie's not around tonight. But Poochie, I'm sure, will be back later on this evening, I'm sure, at some point. We do want to thank uh-huh. you all, all right. for See joining us. See you later. Us. See you later. Uh, the Human Suplex Machine now leaving us, ladies and gentlemen. We do want to thank him for coming on the line, ladies and gentlemen. However, uh, certainly as he has now left us, thank you very much, John. We will talk to you again, ladies and gentlemen, again next week, ladies and gentlemen, at the same time, same location for episode 208. So for now, for the Human Suplex Machine, this is the Iceman saying so long from ringside. And as we take you out tonight, as we said, folks, we're going to have a little 80s music for you. Let's love my way from the Psychedelic Furs, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to play for you, ladies and gentlemen, from 1982. So here is Love My Way with the Psychedelic Furs. From Love My Way 1982, let's crank it up as we say goodnight to you from Wrestling Revisited here on the Talk Shoe Radio Network. And bear with us, folks. We're trying to get the music here cranked up. So we're about ready to go. All right, here we go. The Psychedelic first now, ladies and gentlemen.
Take care, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Have a good night, everyone.